guys, and welcome back to my podcast. It's been a little bit since I recorded my last podcast episode. I think it was probably about a month ago, five weeks ago, actually, so a little over a month. I honestly just needed a brain break. Um, For those of you who don't know, I'm not sure if I ever mentioned this before, but I work full-time in purchasing, and I also um, do consultation for the previous company that I worked for, and I do that at night. So I would say I probably have 60-hour work weeks. Um, Then, obviously, I'm also a homeowner, so I have the house to take care of, just the two dogs to take care of as well. So life just gets pretty hectic sometimes. And um, I always record my podcast episodes on the weekend. So I just needed the past few weeks to just recharge and just to relax and not really think about anything. So yeah, that's why my um, episodes haven't been coming out as frequently as they were before, but now I'm back into it and super excited to be doing so. So little life update today is November 7th. And yesterday I put up my Christmas tree because why not? I love Christmas. It's my most favorite season of the year. And for me, it's never too early to put up my tree. Honestly, even when I take the tree down, I'm already counting down until the next year where I can put it back up again. I just love how it makes your house really feel even more like a home. Um, I love the colors. I love just everything that comes with it. I love the feeling that it gives the atmosphere. And honestly, the process of putting it up is just really fun. Sometimes a little bit uh, anxiety driven, though, too. (laughs) Like um, this year, we actually got a flock tree. So Last year, we had a green one, which was super nice. But this year, I wanted to switch it up and get a flock tree instead. So the green one we're going to be putting in our basement. And we put the new one upstairs in our living room. So because we got a new tree, I also got new ornaments. Um, For the past couple of years, I've been used to the way that the old ornaments looked. And I don't know, just like switching it up and changing colors and whatever just kind of gave me a bit of anxiety. And I had to redecorate the tree about three times because I wasn't happy with it but now it's good now it's staying like this until Christmas is over and uh, yeah that's obviously not a huge problem and not something that you know I should be worrying about but um yeah I just did and I had a bit of anxiety over it but now all is solved um so I also just wanted to make a note that I don't edit my podcasts I just figured I would throw that out there because if ever you hear something happening in the background um or I stumble on my words or something like that then it's normal because I just don't edit my podcasts I really don't have the patience to do that and yeah I just wanted to put that out there because Like I said, you might hear something going on in the background, and it's not because I intentionally decided to leave that part in the podcast. It's just that I don't edit my podcast at all. So what I am going to be talking about in this episode are healthy habits to have in a relationship. Um, I have been with my boyfriend for eight years now, so it was eight years in September, and we have done so much growing since the beginning. Um, I can't even tell you the amount of conversations that we have had to try to build up our relationship and make it better and just all the work that has been put into it. So I'm going to be sharing 10 tips that I think really help in building a healthy relationship. They may not work for everyone, but it's what's worked for us and what we have come up with over the last eight years of being together. So let's get into it. 
the first healthy habit that we have really found to be important in our relationship is carving out intentional time together. Like I mentioned before, I work two jobs. My boyfriend has his full-time job and he does car detailing on the side, um, trying to start up his own little business doing that. So we're super busy. Um, Even on the days where I'm working from home, it's not like I necessarily get to spend my time with him because I am working all day long. So carving out intentional time together is super important. Whether it's just putting your phones down one evening while you're watching a show together, um, just to really be in the moment, whether, sorry, that was my dog barking. Like I said, I don't edit my podcasts. (laughs) Um, So whether, yeah, it's just like spending time together, sitting on the couch with no distractions or making supper together or going on a little 20 minute walk and just talking just having that intentional time together and not being distracted by anything else is really important. The second tip is to be financially transparent. I personally don't believe in having separate accounts or having my money be my money and his money be his money. Disclaimer, I know this doesn't work for everyone. I am lucky enough to be some to be with someone who is as um, careful with their money as I am and doesn't just spend like crazy on things. Um, We both are really similar in that way. So it just kind of worked out for us like to have joint accounts and it wasn't hard to trust the other person with that aspect. Like I know that not everybody can do that. And I know that maybe sometimes your partner is not the most financially responsible person that there is. But for us, it just worked out this way. And it's a way for us to really be fully transparent in our relationship. So like if I want to buy something or if he wants to buy something, then we're always thinking of the other person as well or like our goals for what we want to do with our money. So, you know, I could easily say like, I'm going to go buy the newest iPhone. But if we have a goal of putting up a new shed, let's say like a couple's goal, like something that has to do with our house, then I may rethink getting my new iPhone because I know that we're in this relationship as a team. We're doing life as a team. So it doesn't matter that it's not just me who is controlling my money. I have to think of him. I have to think of our goals. I have to think of our family. Um, So for me, having joint accounts is really being financially transparent. And in a way, it kind of brings you closer emotionally uh, because it really is like you are a team. I know some people who, let's say they go to Costco or they go get groceries, they will each pick out things that they want and one person will pay the bill at the end and then the other person will have to fork over the money that they owe them for those specific items, like even a pack of gum. I think, I don't know if it's just me, but I think if my significant other was asking me for $1.99 because he purchased a pack of gum for me, I would be kind of taken aback. To me, that would be kind of insulting. And it's just not the way that I want to live my life. I feel that if you're both sharing your money, it shows that you're in it together and that you're really putting everything into the relationship that you have. So That's just one of the most important points that I personally have. 
Um, point number three is to put each other first. Um, I know this can be kind of controversial, but I fully believe in putting your partner above anyone and all else. I'm not saying put them above your family and make it so that he is more important than your family. It's just that, like I mentioned before with the finance part, you're a team. So you have to, you have to prioritize them. Let's just say um, you have friends that want to go out for supper every Friday night or every Saturday night and you never get to spend time with your significant other. I don't agree with that. Um, yes, friends have to be prioritized as well, but your relationship is what controls your life. And what happens in your home truly makes you the person that you are. Uh, what happens in your home controls your happiness. And I believe that prioritizing your relationship above all else is really a necessity. And it's something that I truly believe in. Like I said, I mean, I will go and see my sister, see my, my parents without my boyfriend being there. Like, I don't need to spend 24-7 with him. But if you see that things are starting to fall apart in your relationship, but you're still going out with your friends and not working on that foundation between you and your spouse, then I think that there's a problem. You could do separate things. I mean, like, he has his hobbies. I have my hobbies. He'll be in the garage working on cars and I'll be inside baking or cooking. And we don't need to spend 24 seven together, but you do have to prioritize working on your relationship and making it as functional as possible. Point number four is to put yourself in their shoes. We all as humans have a different way of thinking and approaching a situation the way I think may not be the way that he thinks and I could easily fault him for that and I could be like, oh, why did you react to a situation this way or how come you're feeling this way about something like that's really stupid or that's really dumb. But I have to put myself in his shoes and I have to be like, okay, this is the way that his mind works. This is how he processes information. Just because it's not the way that I process, process information doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's just different. So instead of getting mad at the other person, if they react to something in a way that you don't like, I'm not saying like, you know, if you're in an argument and they like start yelling or whatever, like that's not a good way to process information. But just the way that somebody thinks, sometimes you have to put yourself in their shoes and be like, okay. I understand why you're reacting this way. It's not the way that I would react, but I respect your point of view and your reactions. Um, that's been a really big thing for us. It's something that I really struggled with at the beginning of our relationship and something that often caused fights because we were two totally different people coming together and, you know, learning about each other. So he was raised by people that I was not raised by, obviously, and they had a different way of parenting. My parents had one way of parenting. And, you know, the two didn't mesh, like, they were so drastically different. So I had a lot of learning to do in regards to learning his communication style and the way that he does things or how he says things. So that was really a big thing for me. But when I started to 
put myself into his shoes, things really smoothed over and our communication became a lot better. Um, that's something that really, really helped us. Point number five is have the important conversations before moving in together. I can't even put enough emphasis on how important this one was. Um, important conversations are like anything in regards to finances, to family, to something as deep as like what you're going to write on your will and testament. Like I know that that's like far-fetched and really something that not many people think of when they first get together, but it's something that's super important. If you're building a life with somebody, you need to know before signing your name on a piece of paper that says that you now own a house together, you need to know how they think, what they're going to want to do with, like, as their final wishes. Like, I know it's really, really far-fetched, it seems, but the thing is, like, you're going to have to make a will and testament. Like, if you're going to have kids, it's the most responsible thing to do to have your wishes documented so that your kids know exactly what you wanted and and how to proceed in the future. So to have those important conversations before moving in together will honestly just make the moving in process a lot easier. I can't imagine if we had to have all the important conversations like after buying the house, like you're, because honestly, oftentimes like these conversations will result in like disagreements, conflict, maybe a bit of fighting. So I wouldn't have wanted to have that when you first get into your house and you just want to enjoy being there and unpacking and making it a home. Like I'm happy that we had those conversations beforehand. And they also will allow you to see if you are compatible for, for each other. Maybe you'll get to a subject where you fundamentally have such different views and it would be something so, you know, crazy, not crazy. It would be something so impactful that you just couldn't like see yourself living with that person. Like maybe the way that he would want to raise the kids. Uh, do you want to homeschool? Do you want to send them to public school? Just something that would really come and affect like your values and what you think is right and wrong. Maybe even the way that they view other people. Are they open? Are they very liberal? Or are they very conservative? Like all of those things are very important. And it's all discussions that you want to have. Um, it's all nice to be able to be in like the honeymoon phase and getting to know each other and not wanting to rock the boat and not wanting to discuss anything too in depth. But you really need to have those conversations. So it's better to have them earlier on so that you don't end up wasting your time. Point number six is to support the, the things that they're interested in. So my boyfriend is a car person, hardcore car person. I'm sure that he would love to spend all of his money on modifying his car if that was a possibility. Cars are not my thing. I like cars. Um, I know different like makes and models of cars because my dad was always really into them. But I just like them. It's not my thing. Um, but anytime that he is in the process of modifying his car, changing something up on it, or 
if he wants to get a new car, like sell an existing car, get a new car, and he's super excited about it, I'm going to support him and I'm going to be interested in what he's interested about because it shows my level of respect for him. And honestly, it just makes him happy and makes me happy to know that I am showing him support in things that he likes. I want that support back, right? So I'm a very big Christmas person. Like I said before, we already put up our tree and it's only November 7th. I am really into Christmas and he probably, if he wasn't with me, he would probably put a tree up, but he might put it up, you know, a week before Christmas. It's just not his thing as much as it is mine, but it makes him happy to know that he's making me happy by taking out all of the ornaments, setting up the tree, um, decorating the tree together, just stuff like that. Like, it's sharing those moments together in things that don't interest you that make your relationship stronger and show the other person that you are with them and you love them for them and love the things that they do. So to me, that's really important. Number seven is to say thank you. Um, we all do different things in a relationship. We all have our, you know, like we, obviously household tasks are separated or you do them together or whatever, but we have our like defined things that we do. We never actually sat down and, and defined them and wrote it down on a piece of paper, but it just naturally came about. Like, I don't like unloading the dishwasher. Um, he doesn't mind it. I don't like washing the floors. He doesn't mind it. He hates folding laundry, but I don't mind it. He doesn't like cleaning the bathrooms, but I don't mind it. So we just kind of separated things naturally when we first moved in together. But just because, you know, cleaning the bathrooms is like technically my job doesn't mean that it's not nice to hear a thank you once in a while. Like, thank you for keeping our house clean. Uh, thank you for folding my laundry and making sure that I have clothes to go to work in the next day. Or when I get home from work and he and I saw that, you know, the floors have been vacuumed and mopped, it's nice to come home to a clean home. So I say thank you because it's important that they feel appreciated and not just like they're doing the specific task and nobody realizes it and it's just on their to-do list. It's important that they feel recognized and that you say thank you once in a while. I'm not saying every time, but once in a while, it's just nice to hear that I see you and I see what you're doing. And I see that you're keeping up to our house and making it a comfortable home for us to live in. So I would just suggest saying thank you once in a while to your partner because it's not a big step. It's not a big thing to do, but it really goes a long way for the other person. Number eight is to tell each other your true feelings. Um, I think it's so easy to, obviously, like everybody gets frustrated and sometimes you just, you don't want to talk. You really just want to keep to yourself and not have to open up and discuss things that are bothering you. Um, for me, a lot of the times if something's bothering me and he sees that I am bothered by something, he'll ask me what's up and I'll just say, oh, nothing. No, I'm fine. Oh, there's nothing there. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. But when I do that, the times that I've done that, I know that it just like festers in me and just bothers me more and more and more. And the feelings that I'm feeling at that moment just bubble up and could I could eventually like explode and 
that would just end up putting us three steps back instead of me just giving him my true thoughts and feelings. Um, I feel like when you're able to discuss things as a couple, like say he's done something that bothered you or even like you're just annoyed at work, it's just healthier to discuss it and let it out and really kind of come to a conclusion of the problem instead of just letting it fester in your mind because you'll just end up ruining your your day together, your evening together. And honestly, knowing that you can bring something up to your significant other and have them listen to you and validate your feelings or help you come to a, a conclusion is honestly a good feeling because you know that the, that other person has your best interests at heart and they're willing to listen to help you feel better like even if it's not something that pertains to your relationship but it's just like a personal thing like I don't like the way that I look today or I had a bad day at work because of so and so like the fact that your partner is willing to listen to you and come and and help you feel better um, that really shows their willingness to make your relationship work and the fact that they care about you so much so I would suggest just not holding things in and to just really open up to your partner. Number nine is depending on one another, but in a healthy way. Um, this is also another controversial point. Um, a lot of people say that you shouldn't be dependent on your significant other, which I agree to a certain extent. Um, my boyfriend and I have been together for eight years and my intention is to stay with him forever. I think that that's what everybody's intention is when they get into a relationship. So I have become in a healthy way dependent on him. I'm dependent on him in the sense of my happiness and yeah, so my happiness. And okay, that's really, it sounds so controversial. The way that I can explain it is my relationship makes me happy. Coming home from work and seeing him and seeing my dogs makes me happy. So because he's in my life, I have become emotionally dependent on him because I love our relationship. I love our life together. And I love coming to our home that we've created together. If we get into a fight, I am not happy, right? Like, I don't, I think that anybody can say like when they get into a fight with their significant other, they're not happy. When our relationship is in a good place, I am happy. If something were to happen to him tomorrow and he was no longer here, like I would obviously be devastated. My happiness is dependent on our good relationship because that's what I want it to be. I'm not the type of person who, like, I need to be in a relationship to be happy. But because I am in one, and because it's a good one, I have become emotionally dependent on him. And I think that that's okay. Like, I honestly think that making your life with somebody and being dependent on them emotionally is an okay thing. Like, if you're in a happy, good relationship, why would people say that it's not all right to be emotionally dependent on them? Like you, when you get into a relationship, you are giving them all of you, right? Like you're not just giving them a part of you. You are literally giving them 
all of you. And if you're not giving them all of you, then maybe it's because that's not the person that you ultimately want to be with. If you're holding back on things and, you know, still being your, I'm not saying still being your own individual, but if you are not giving them all of you, then why are you even with them? You can still be your own individual. You can still like what you like and dislike what the other person likes. But emotionally, if you are not all in, then you're, you might not be in the right relationship. That's just my opinion. And I know it's super controversial, but that's just what works for us in our relationship. So point number five, uh, sorry, not five, 10, is creating short and long-term goals together. I think that this one's super important because it builds anticipation. It builds a sense of working together and closeness and just really makes your relationship a little bit better. Like if we have the same goals, we're both working towards a common thing, then we're on the same path. We're on the same team. We're working towards making something happen that we want to happen, whether it's saving up enough money to buy an investment property or renovating your basement or something like that. Like when you're both on the same page and you both have the same goals, it just brings you closer together. And that's been something that I've really enjoyed since moving in, moving in with my boyfriend, just having different goals that we can reach together and be super happy because it's not just me who reached the goal or him who reached the goal, but it was us together and it was our hard work, our determination and just like perseverance to get there. And when you can get, when you can reach a goal together as a couple, it shows that you are on the same team and that you want to be moving forward with that person. So to me, that's just a really important one. So those are all of my tips for healthy habits in a relationship. I hope that you guys like this um, episode. To me, this was something that I wanted to talk about for a little while. And I think that sometimes life gets to be so hectic that you kind of disregard that you need to put emphasis on making your relationship stronger and building the foundation and making sure that it doesn't crack. Um, I know that, you know, in the past 50 years, the divorce rate has gone up so much. And there's obviously a reason for it. Like we are so much busier now than we ever were before. Um, I remember just, you know, growing up as a kid, my mom didn't work. Um, She stayed at home and took care of my sister and I. My dad worked, so he would get home every night and there was uh, a meal for him ready. The house was clean. The kids were taken care of and then he can come home and we could all spend time together as a family and go to the park and go on walks and really do things that were very like intentional family-wise. And now that's not as easy. Um, Now people have two jobs, sometimes three jobs and you have two car payments, you have cell phone payments, you have a house payment, you have parties to go to, you have birthdays to go to, so many different events always happening that 
it's hard to really carve out intentional time to make your relationship better. And that's sometimes why things start to fail and start to crumble because you're not intentionally caring about the other person and thinking about their needs and what they want to be happy. And um, I think that now more than ever, it's super important to put a focus on your relationship. And even if you do all of these steps, it might not mean that you'll last forever. Sometimes people just get together and they're just not compatible. And they realize that later on. But you know, if you are struggling in your relationship, and you know that this is the person that you want to be with forever, but you're having a hard time agreeing on most subjects or whatever, then I think that these points, these habits are really good things to implement in your relationship. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. And I will be back in two weeks with a new episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.